Join us and be excited about our guests. We can't wait to show you what's behind the mask. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our today's podcast. Today, uh, a new guest in our series, Behind the Mask. Why did we call this podcast Behind the Mask? We would like to look behind the mask that we see in the streets and everywhere where we move at the moment. And we would like to look behind the mask of people who are somehow related to the logistics industry, but also have something to tell apart from that. And today with me is Frank Vorrat. He is working at Gartner. He is vice president at Gartner Supply Chain Service Delivery, EMEA and APAC. And I'm very happy to have you here. Hi, Frank. Hi, Oliver. Uh, glad to be here and thanks for inviting me to talk to you and the audience. It's great to have you here. Where, where do I reach you today? Are you, are you in the office? Are you in the home office? Lockdown in home office like many, many others. Um, I'm currently in Hamburg working from home. Um, the majority of this year, all Ghana employees um, are actually working, working from home. So you find me today in my beautiful home in Hamburg. Yeah, so greetings to Hamburg. Same as you also, uh, most of us are home-based as most of the year. Um, I think we just have to do somehow the best out of it. Let me uh, quickly introduce Gartner to our readers and listeners. Gartner is a technology advisor and research company, uh, globally leading in many fields like information technology, supply chain, human resources, and financial service advisory. And uh, I think everybody knows Gartner for its report on certain technology topics and the Gartner magic quadrant and so on. So I'm very happy to have you here and uh, would like to start with an opening question that we ask everybody who is in this podcast. Uh, is there anybody or is there a, a group of people that you would name your personal hero during this challenging times that we have during the pandemic? I think we are all personal heroes, all of us, because in the end of the day, we have been confronted by a pandemic uh, no one really experienced uh, before during you know, their career or in the personal capacity. So I would say we're all heroes. We're heroes at home. We're heroes some uh, helping each other um, and, and overcoming that together. So I wouldn't just pick a person or a team. I would say everyone is really coping and everyone is contributing. I like that idea. I, I never thought like that, that uh, I could uh, mention myself as well as a hero. Uh, but of, of course, we, we all have our personal challenges, uh, not only in the work life, but also in private life. And it's interesting how, how everybody is coping with that. And that brings me as well also to the topic. A lot of shippers, uh, but also carriers, had trouble in these these times over the last uh, months during the Corona crisis, and logistics providers suffered by severe differences and drops and peaks in uh, in capacity and also in pricing that were very unstable. Shippers were having sales problems because economies were shutting down, so whole parts of the economy were affected. How about Gartner? How did this current crisis? actually affected Gartner and your practice? Yeah, I would say um, when, when you look in, into how we positioned in the marketplace and also our, our business model, and you, you rightfully said we a world-leading advisory and research um, service uh, company and really positioning ourselves in the marketplace to, to add value. Now we're doing that um, in areas of technology, supply chain, you said it, 
also for financial leaders or for marketing leaders and human resource leaders. So doing something virtual uh, is not foreign to us. We, we did that before the pandemic. We're going to do it in that during the pandemic and we, we continue with that. And what we found, um, Oliver, is really that there's a huge demand from our clients or the market really asking us for help and support. And we have been there quite in the beginning. And I remember um, where we went out and being the first in the marketplace, really giving advice on the pandemic and how to cope with the pandemic. And we call it, uh, you know, risk to recovery, moving on to, you know, working within the new realities, leading within the new realities. So we found as a, is a, big demand and pull from our uh, clients and the market towards really uh, getting advice, how to handle uh, the situation, how to overcome the situation, and also how to build better capabilities. I would say we, we haven't been impacted that that much. We cope very well. It's also because of uh, the, the, the Ghana business model is very resilient and strong and really demonstrated that so far during the crisis. We had some impact on our physical events. Um, as you may know, we have great physical events, Gardner peer forums or Gardner symposiums, and sometimes getting there up to 20,000 people. Now, that mm. wasn't possible during the pandemic, but we're looking forward ahead having these kind of events um, back as soon as possible, potentially next year. Yeah, I think um, somehow the whole economy was suffering from not being able to have these events, not being able to socialize with customers, with with friends and meet. And uh, somehow everybody had to get along with that. Uh, and everybody's hoping for next year. When we're looking into the future now and, and try to estimate on how that will go on and what will stay and what will change when, when we look at the post-COVID uh, period, I would like to draw attention to, to what you did at Gartner together also with the European freight and logistic leaders, uh, you developed a couple of scenarios on what to expect in the coming years. Could you tell me and our listeners a little bit more about these scenarios and what you did there? Yes, of, of course. And, and first of all, we, we looked into the uh, future uh, scenarios for the logistics industry 2025. That was from the FNL community here in, in Europe. And we being asked, and I did that jointly together with uh, Jakob Moose, who's a founder and CEO of Tracks. And it was in a way of um, conducting a study in a way of a couple of workshops, which we had with a couple of really professionals coming from various companies, various industries here in Europe and looking into the key factors. And we, we looked into a couple of things, into trends and influencing factors, looked into the economy, the market, uh, politics, law, technology, customer uh, or consumer behaviors, people, uh, employees, um, sustainability, resources and societies. And took it a step step further and, and, and said, you know, what, what are the key factors? What is certain and what is uncertain? And we built uh, then out of that scenarios um, and looked into the characteristics of these kind of scenarios and uh, broke it further down into recommendations for the logistics and transport uh, sector. 
So we came out with, with some uh, really good scenarios. Um, when you look at that, and I'm going to say a few uh, words about that later, uh, how they come into play. And also we, we, we somewhat then gave a, a summary report, which is available as well in terms of the outlook and the recommendations to A, the industry, and B, also to logistics and, and service providers uh, in the logistics and transportation industry. Okay, that sounds quite interesting because you you were looking at a lot of parameters uh, when I when I listened to those, uh, and I think it's important to have many parameters to to determine really a direction of the actual development and also to somehow forecast the development on what is happening. F from your perspective, which of these parameters would be the really decisive factors? So which which are the things to to focus on for everybody? There are a couple, and I'm glad let you ask. Now we looked into what's certain and. But certain is, I mean, no, no surprise, I guess, to, to anyone listening uh, today to us is, you know, climate change, um, circular economy, waste-free supply chains, um, demographic change and growing impact of younger generations, a different type of consumer behavior, the environmental awareness, the demand on total transparency when it comes to a CO2 a footprint, individualization of day-to-day -day or home, um, and especially when it comes to personalization of your purchase and, and, and also the product side on things, service orientation, service differentiation, um, the development of platform-based ecosystems. So we spoke a lot about ecosystems and the role of, of ecosystems. We also say, you know, most certain factors are, um, we would call it the end-to-end -end digital supply chain excellence, global supply chains, which is pretty much a combination between global and, and local supply chains. So we will see nearshoring as a result of the pandemic and you know, some other macro economic level factors and a mix between global and, and local supply chains, which means the complexity to run these and operate these kind of supply chains will adjust and increase. We also looked into a certain factors, the accessibility of critical supply chain talents like data scientists, etc., and the mm -hmm. scarcity of, of something like that. Obviously, uncertain uh, factors is the market and the marketplace because this, this is very d dynamic and um, GDP trends are changing. We, we talked a lot about the different types of the outcomes or predictions, economic mm -hmm. shapes, and we looked, in, we looked into V or U or L or VW shapes when you think about the economy. And that's really uncertain. A lot of things is really mm -hmm. uncertain. We looked into the competitive landscape, especially when you think about the transportation sector, something like that. And we looked into sourcing, globalism, and mercantilism. We looked into mm -hmm. that as well. We, we haven't been really sure on how that will play out. Well, I think the key question, and you mentioned different scenarios as well, on how we will evolve out of this, out of this current crisis, uh, how fast or not fast, we will come back to a new normal. Uh, I think that's somehow key and is one of the main parameters. And when you were talking about all these parameters were already there and discussed also prior to the pandemic, yeah, like climate change and demographic development and so on, but it certainly changed during this pandemic situation. 
taking it away from the whole virus topic purely from an economic part of view, what assumption is, is Gartner having for the economy coming back at the moment? Is there is there a view of Gartner? Can you can you give an estimate on that? I can try, but there's a lot of uncertainty out there as well. So let's talk <laughs> a bit about the three scenarios first, which we which we worked out for the logistics uh, study uh, we, we did. In scenario one, we looked into um, growth opportunities. And what we said there is that uh, a medium duration of the crisis, and that means, you know, medium is anything between one or two, potentially three years. Um, we, we could mm-hmm. see that. And we will have um, subsequent moderate growth. And it's something in the area between two to three percent growth um, will allow some kind of technological development of the industry in the direction of consistent CO2 uh, reduction, which means, you know, you're right what you said, that some of these factors are not new. However, because the pandemic brought on acceleration of certain factors. So in that scenario, yeah. we also said, you know, we, we, we're going to have a push towards decarbonization. And we, we also said that digitalization is, is going to be out there and it's going to be accelerated because we also need to look up into the fact that we will need to free up certain uh, resources. What wasn't clear in, in, in that scenario is that who's going to pay the cost of change, uh, even when the consumers are pushing more and more, and especially younger generations for sustainability. So, so that's pretty much scenario mm-hmm. one. Scenario two, we call it technological leap forward. And what we said here is, and we have seen that already, potentially also not new, is the rise of competition from uh, smart connected platforms and ecosystems businesses or business models combined with the demand of higher supply chain uh, resiliency and agility after the COVID crisis, which means companies are often looking now, you know, for more agility or more resiliency. The way how to to think about it is the combination of good processes enabled by technologies, enabled by people uh, using the technology to different uh, extent they're using it uh, today. We spoke also in that scenario about the development of local supply chain or more flexible supply chains more dynamic setups um, between global and local supply chains. I spoke about the role of emerging technologies, digital twin, artificial intelligence, machine learning automation, robotics. And and we, we also spoke about in that scenario that we will see an acceleration of that. That will also now be more measured. We're going to be able also when we think about sustainability to truly measure the impact. And here's where, where we then said it's going to be especially demand for the logistics and transportation providers to provide more transparency and think about more as a platform and an eco- ecosystem. I'm sure we're going to talk in a minute about it, but that's where we also see like digital logistics service providers mm-hmm. are really disrupt, uh, disrupting uh, traditional service providers. 
Scenario three, and that's where we said, you know, we potentially uh, also have that scenario where we have growth stagnation and acceleration of mercantilism. And that's really where, as a result of, you know, nationalism in, in, in countries, the, the ongoing trade uh, or financial war between, mm-hmm. you know, the superpowers in the world, China and, and, and the U.S. So obviously we did that study before prior to American election, but I even believe that we're not going to see completely a change of the tensions which have been created for a while. We obviously in that scenario said as a prolonged crisis, followed by only weak growth, uh, slow investments and in new technologies. It's driven to minimum um, by a few industry players. Obviously, that that kind of development is uh, protectionism driven, obviously, by national countries to really focus on on their economy rather than the global economy. Now, in that scenario, you would see some some more nearshoring, which means we would see a different setup in the infrastructure in future, and obviously that would also have certain impact on um you know the the, the capacity or, or trade balance between you know movements of uh, goods and freight when you think about that from a macro level or global level uh, perspective so we looked into these kind of scenarios our view now when we look at that is is really potentially we we will see all three scenarios at play at any given point of time mm-hmm. and that makes it even more more complex because if you think about uh, we we're going to see different scenarios in in different industries in in different markets we will see impacts on on companies which are different we will see uh, impacts on on countries uh, are different we have winners coming out of this crisis. And when you look at who they are, think about, you know, the, the platform businesses or the ecosystems. And Amazon, maybe one, Alibaba, maybe another one, JD.com, maybe another one. So the platform business, online uh, business are really the winners now. How that's going to play out in the future, who knows? But if you think about other industries, like Think about the, the airline industry or some industrial companies, they're really struggling. Automotive companies are struggling. Mm-hmm. We will have, I said that before, when you think about the, the different types of shapes, we're going to have a potentially a V-shape for certain industries. We're going to have potentially an L-shape and we're going to have a, D, a VW uh, shape and potentially even a U-shape, right? Mm-hmm. Which means a, a mixture of, of everything we, we're going to see. And also all three scenarios at any given given point of time, and we will see that the complexity is just increasing. And that means companies need to be very, very agile in the way of how they think about tackling the challenges or the, the problems, but also coming up with solutions and opportunities. And that's really when we took it a, a step further, where we said, okay, now that we know that, what does it mean? Yeah, I, I understood and I also see that all kinds of scenarios can also happen at, at the same time, but at different industries or in different countries. So it really depends on the economy in a location or in a, in a region or in an industry on what kind of scenario could be there. And there are, as always, winners and, uh, and losers out of that uh, pandemic and out of that development. Our listeners now are mostly logistic service providers and shippers, so the ones who are directly affected by the supply chain and logistic industry. 
What is your opinion what, for example, the carriers should expect for 2021? Uh, you mentioned them already. Uh, you also mentioned the digitalization in the, in the carrier industry. The digital freight forwarders are coming up. What would you suggest those participants of the industry on where to invest, where to plan the capacities, uh, how to prepare best for the next years as the uncertainty is staying, I guess? Well, first of all, when we talk about transportation and logistics, service providers, you need to think about trade flows are going to change. And if you think about capacity, it's it's somewhat tied to demand and supply. And if the demand is changing or your, your network setup is changing, that, that means uh, the trade flows are changing, which means you're going to have different movements in, in the market in, in, in future. And that's really when you think about what I said before, global supply chain. So mm -hmm combination between global and local supply chain, which means you're going to have a shift. I'll give you an example. Certain manufacturing companies are moving out of China into, you know, different parts of Asia, Vietnam, mm -hmm. Singapore, potentially different hubs, Malaysia. So that it's going to be a movement. So for, for logistics service providers, they need to keep an eye on, on, on it, what it means in terms of capacity they have and the capacity they need to adjust and also how the different trade flows are going to be in, in future. It's not easy because if you think about it, everything has to be in balance. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you operate a certain mode of transport, and let's pick one, ocean freight, you know, a vessel is in constant rotation, which means, mm -hmm. you know, it has to be somewhat balanced because otherwise it doesn't economically make sense to operate that vessels or you know, the, the tariffs are going through the roof. Now, yeah. that needs to be understood. And we're going to have uh, different setups. If you think that further into Europe, we potentially now with the boom of online, which is not going to go away entirely, uh, we, we're going to all get used to ordering things more and more online. We will need to think about how we run deliveries in the cities, mm -hmm. right? And also economically, but also from a sustainability point of view, which is an opportunity for collaboration if you think about fulfillment centers and last mile delivery options. And secondly, we need to think about how do we really operate outside the cities? Because we also have a reverse trend somewhere from a couple of years ago where, where everyone, you know, we called it urbanization. Everyone wanted to mm -hmm. live in a big city. Now we're seeing that more and more people want to live in the countryside because they now enjoy more the, the freedom of space, but potentially also the pandemic has put on another mega trend of living healthier, which means there's a shift there as well, that there's going to be people living more on the countryside and they're also going to order online. So you need to think about how that's going to be set up in a way that's operating efficiently, but effectively, mm -hmm. but also From a sustainability point of view, we be moving in the in the right direction. So I would I would say that. Secondly, when you think about the capabilities logistics and transportation providers are having today, they need to think more about becoming uh, not only a, a service provider moving freight. You need to think about becoming a true service provider. And that means using data, investing in technology, providing different types of services. We have a prediction where we say supply chain as a service 
which is the mm-hmm. business model. That I predict as well for logistics service providers to be able with technology, not only to maybe design supply chain networks or engineer supply chain networks or re-engineer them or optimize supply chain networks, but also efficiently and effectively run them, which means planning for it, but also then executing and really giving a visibility and transparency and using data and providing their clients optimal service for them to make the best decisions for their business or even for the ecosystem in order to create value for consumers and customers. Yeah, in- interesting uh, that you mentioned that because the logistics industry was, I, I guess, always an industry where digitalization took longer in comparison to other industries when you look at the trade. But I think we are on a pretty good way there. And I have to say, unfortunately, that we are a little bit running out of time. So uh, I would like to let you answer one final question that is, I think, very interesting. And I think some of your answers were maybe already given. Corona is changing many things for us. Is there also something that changes for good due, due to Corona? So are there achievements that we can take away for the future? Uh, you mentioned already that people live healthier or want to live more outskirts, enjoying more uh, the nature and so on. Coming from Corona, maybe, is there other other things that you can see? Is there anything good that comes out of Corona? If there's one thing I believe for all of us is enjoying the simple things in life, right? With social mm-hmm. distancing, we all experience what it means actually to have social interactions, right? And mm-hmm. taking that away from us, you took value from us away, right? Now yeah. we're not being able to socialize when we go to work or seeing our friends outside or our family, these kind of things. So really the enjoying the simple things in life, I believe mm-hmm. somewhere is being um, taught, taught us all a lesson to, to mm-hmm. enjoy um, the, the true value in love. Good ending words, I would say. Thank you very much, Frank, for joining us today here. We are at the end of our podcast for today. I'm very happy uh, that uh, we have all you as listeners out there. Um, yeah, stay tuned, stay healthy as a main part, of course. And yeah, watch out for the next version of this podcast and be curious who we will have then there as a guest. Thank you very much and talk to you soon. Thanks and bye-bye.